Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. Take your seats. Yes, that's true. The Surrender Series. I figured, why should the AM have all the fun? Don't you think? Actually, uh, who's, who's heard some of the Surrender messages and it's been helpful? That's an encouragement to me. That really, really is. And uh, I've got to warn you, though, tonight, tonight uh, is going to be high impact. Okay? High impact night. Because you guys can take it. Three of you are confident that you can take it. So, <laughs> But, you know, we gather. We gather in church. And uh, obviously, a big part of that is actually just community. It's funny. When people ask the question, you know, what's in it for me? They're never thinking, what do I contribute to others? But when we gather like this, a lot of it is about others and what we bring to others. And, uh, and of course, we worship and we really focus on Jesus. So I love Levi's emphasis on just why don't we just lay everything down and just really focus. You know, this is what I found. Problems will always be with you. And if the answer was in the problem, you wouldn't have a problem. So it pays you to look away from the problem to where maybe the solution can be found. Yeah in Jesus. So I love the way that he did that. And, and I, I figure now we need to leave with something in our spirit tonight. Yeah. We need to, and this is going to be a, it's going to be one of those messages that it will be challenging. So I'm just warning you, I'm going to dive straight in. There's no little story. There's none of that. There's just straight in. Cool. I want to talk to us about surrender your inner world. I want you to surrender your inner world. What am I talking about when I talk about our inner world? You know, the Bible talks about us having a heart, and of course we've got one that beats. But in a spiritual sense, our inner world is like the heart of a person. And everywhere in Scripture, it's, been, it's very hard to define. In Scripture, it uses the word heart interchangeably in the same sense as it uses soul, sometimes as it uses spirit, sometimes as it even uses as a man thinks. So it gives it an intellect. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And so uh, it can be a little bit hard to get a handle on. My take on it, over, over the years, I've sort of distilled my thought on what is the heart of man. And I think it's actually a bit of a, it's, it's, it's comes out of the matrix that's formed by what we would call our, our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. And it's the expression of that. It's the very visible expression of that. So when you say someone's got a good heart and you're genuine about it, you know, you're not just saying, oh yeah, they've got a good heart. That means they mean well, but they're an idiot. No, I mean when you actually, when you actually go, gee, they've got a good heart. It's actually that expression of the inner person that, you, that is very tangible. And when you think about your mind, that's your intellect, your will, that's your decision-making capacity, and your emotions or the way that you feel about things, I think when we get all those three together, it expresses what I would say is like the human heart, the heart of a person. And the Bible says this in Proverbs 4.23. It's an absolute key scripture. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. And I very, very, or spring the issues of life, and I very, very intentionally use that old uh, translation of the Scriptures, the New King James, It's because it's a, it's a very sort of literal, it tries to do it word for word as much as it can. And I want to use that 
because it puts really, really concisely one word that I want to encourage us with tonight. And I know this isn't new for us. I visit this, I reckon, three times a year. That's how critical it is. I preach the same message a different way three times a year. It's that critical. And, and I love the Hebrew word for issues. What springs out of your heart, the Hebrew word to soar, literally means boundaries, geographic boundaries or extremities. So I could put it this way. could put it in a number of ways. But the size of your life will be determined by how well you guard your heart. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it, the extremities of your life will be expressed. In other, or I can put it this way, you will never be any bigger than what your heart is. You'll never be any healthier than what your heart is. You'll never be more generous, more loving, more caring, more, you know, if you want to think of other words that probably appeal to us more, but more powerful as an individual than what your heart is. So if you guard it, then you can fully express life. If you allow foreign things to gather in it and to rattle around in your inner world, in your heart, it will limit your capacity as a person. And probably most of us have experienced that. Hopefully as I speak, the lights will come on in some areas and go, you know what? Yeah, I've, uh, I've experienced limitations in my expression of life because I maybe did not guard my heart in a particular area as well as I should have. And so I want to look at some, just I'm going to throw out three things. And as I said, I challenge you, this will be pretty straightforward tonight. But I trust you. You're the robust ones. As a matter of fact, Tim, Tim Lucas, it's your birthday today. And it really is your birthday today. I say it really is your birthday because Michael Slater for many years had a false birthday on his Facebook page. And for years I'd wish him a happy birthday on a different day. He thought it was hilarious. But Tim's, it's authentically today. Happy birthday to you, Tim. And no, we're not going to sing happy birthday. We're not going to sing happy birthday. But good on you, man. So this is, this is wisdom for life. I put it together just for Tim. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Don't look at Tim like that. Okay. Okay, here's some internal things. This is surrendering your inner world. Here's some internal things that you will do well to surrender. The first one is your right to feel wronged. Your right to feel wronged. You know, forgiveness is really, I think, one of the most powerful coping mechanisms of life. Because it's, it's not a false defense, it's an authentic way of getting free of stuff. As a matter of fact, the only way you will ever combat becoming a bitter person is your ability to forgive others. Now that's a given, but I want to talk about something just a little bit different, maybe identify it a little bit differently tonight. Um, and that is, you can't forgive if you keep the feelings have you ever spoken to someone and they'll say, I forgave them, but? Now, there is one very clear but with forgiveness. That's authentic. If someone says, I forgive them, but I don't trust them, that's authentic because forgiveness and trust are two totally separate things. 
And some people struggle with forgiveness because they think if I forgive them, number one, it actually says that what they did was okay. No, that couldn't be further from the truth. Or if I forgive them, then that means I let them back into my world. No, there could be nothing further from the truth. That might happen or it might not, but forgiveness and trust are two totally different things. But when you hear someone saying, I forgive them, but they really hurt me. And I don't mean just recounting a story, a testimony of how you were healed. I mean the pain is still real. If you hold on to those feelings, you're holding on to the residual effect and you will end up saying you've forgiven them but not really. Somehow being sucked back into the vortex of all the pain. And some things are very, I'm not saying some things are not very hard to break the gravitational pull of, but that is one thing your soul cannot afford. Can I encourage you, if you've been hurt by someone and they've really taken a lot of your life, then determine that they're not going to take another minute. And the only way you can do that is by actually releasing, not just saying I forgive you, but releasing the feelings attached to it. And being able to say, I'm seeking healing for this. I have forgiven them and I am being healed. I might not be healed. I might not be there yet, but that's my confession. I am being healed. But if you go back to the pain, you're going back to the problem and the problem will become very real again. And any of us who've ever had to forgive someone more than once for the exact same thing, that's what we're experiencing. We forgave. We didn't let go of the feelings attached to it. And we found ourselves back going, oh my goodness, I thought I dealt with this. I need to deal with that. And sometimes it is a little bit like that. And sometimes hopefully the circuits around the mountain get shorter and shorter until you can actually come to a point where you go, I have forgiven and I've released some. And yes, it was one of the most painful episodes of my life and it shouldn't happen to anyone, but I am not, I am not carrying it surrender your inner world you can't afford not to do it because if you don't it will actually limit the expression of your life and so many people live in that space because they cannot release a pain that's happened Hebrews chapter 12 verse 3 it says consider him talking about Jesus who endured such hostility from sinners against himself lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. And what Scripture is saying, the writer of Hebrews is saying that um, if you hold on to stuff, it will weary you, it will wear you out, and you will become discouraged. You will lose your courage to attack life. That's what Hebrews is saying. But he's saying, look at Jesus, because what did Jesus do? Even at the point of crucifixion, hanging on the cross, he said, Father, Forgive them, for they don't know what they do. And we covered that in another message. They knew perfectly well they were the best at executions there was in the first century, Roman troops. Jesus wasn't talking about, you know, about their, um, their ability to cause pain and to murder. He was actually just talking about they have no understanding of the consequences of their actions, which is so often the case when people hurt us. There might be, you know, some of us here might say someone went out of their way and they knew what it would do. But, you know, for most of us, that's not our story. All of us have been hurt. There's no doubt about that. And on every end of the scale. But for most of us, the people who hurt us, 
probably didn't even stop to think of the consequences until it had happened. And I just want to encourage us, hey, don't wear yourself out. Don't, let, don't carry things in your inner world that your life cannot afford. It's in actually releasing, and I love this, your right to feel wronged. Surrender. Because that's what's hard. But what we're actually doing, we're committing judgment to a righteous judge. And we're refusing to be the judge, jury, executioner, that we're tempted to be. That's a burden we shouldn't carry. But when we forgive and we determine to release it, we're saying, God, I trust you with this situation. Should never have happened and it doesn't make it right, but I trust you in the end. And you can walk free. Your inner world is guarded and you can actually live the life you were created to live. Okay, second one, you okay? Your need to control. Surrender. Your need to control. This won't be everyone here. Certainly won't be Tim Lucas. I have to say that because I pointed out earlier and I hate people to be thinking this of you, Tim. What we're talking here is the surrender of the will. Your need to control, the surrender of the will. That thing that drives you to get your own way. And, and what I'm talking about is beyond just selfish. I mean, but a fearful drivenness. I have to control. I have to get my own way. And, and generally, when someone exhibits those tendencies, it is driven out of fear of being hurt. Something has hurt them at some point in the past, and now they are controlling their whole world so that they can't be hurt again. And I feel for them. The only problem is you're driving everyone in your world further away from you. In, unintentionally, you might think that you're pulling them in tighter. You might think that you're even protecting them, but you're actually pushing them further away as you control. You lose this break marriages, this breaks friendships, this breaks all kinds of acquaintances and it is something that limits our lives and will restrict us from expressing all that God created us to be. Surrender your need to control. We probably all know someone who's difficult to be around because they're determined, don't nudge your friend. They're determined to control things. Luke chapter 22, verse 42, is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he prays this will, Father, wait, Father, if it's your will, take this cup away from me. In other words, he's saying, this is, you know, th th this isn't what I want. You know, if, if, if it lines up with you, okay, then I'm happy not to go through this. But then he says, but not my will. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And, and I just want to encourage you, you know, surrender of the will, where you actually, and you're surrendering to God. You're not surrendering to a vacuum. Surrendering to God and saying, you know, God, ultimately, this might please me. This might be what I think is best. But if I have a sense that this is what you've really got for me, Honestly, that point of surrender will keep you safe and it'll keep the people around you safe. It'll keep you free from manipulating. It'll keep you free from being fearfully driven to manipulate circumstances, even people, to get your own way. 
When people do that, they might think, and they do for a while, they tend to make their world bigger for a short time. And then they destroy all the relationships within it. And their life collapses back to being a shadow of what it once was. Don't allow control to destroy your relationships. Guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues, the boundaries, the size of your life. Okay, you good? You're getting a bit quiet at the end of that one. Your pride. Surrender your pride. Hey, can I just say, these are things that are common to all of us. If you're sitting there going, I'm not a controlling person, you're probably the most controlling person in the room. Isn't that the way it works? It is. uh, I'm not proud. Probably that statement is the ultimate statement of pride. And I'm not talking about put on a clean shirt pride, just so that we get this right. You know, there's a certain pride that's good. There's a certain pride that helps us to hold our head high and want to wear a clean shirt when we're in public. Well, most of us. You know, that's, that's, that's okay. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the kind of pride that makes the other two things I just mentioned hard to do. <laughs> well, I'm not going to let them go because they hurt me and they deserved it. Ultimately, that's just judgment and pride. You th- think you're a better person. But put in the same circumstances, walking the same shoes and the same miles, quite possibly many of us would have done the same thing. Or, you know, I'm I'm not going to let go of control. I must control. Again, can be a pride-based thing. Let go, surrender your pride. That is the need to be right. The need to be right. Even to the point of minimizing mistakes and the need to take responsibility for them. That's like the ultimate manifestation of pride. Where it's just like, I might have made a mistake, but it's not a big one. It's not as big as that person's. And I'm not going to stop and I'm not going to listen. I'm going to close my ears because I'm busy getting on with it. Because I'm going places. And honestly, that is setting yourself up for disaster. Like the other things, it might seem like you're pushing your world out, but at some point it's all going to collapse back in on you. The need to be right. Another manifestation is autonomy at the expense of others. Isolation because you don't need anybody. And I mentioned this earlier in my intro, but, but you, that, that's when someone is so proud they're not asking the question, does anyone need me? They're so proud where it's like, I don't need anybody. I don't need that. So, well, hang on. Have you ever stopped to think about people needing you? I don't, I don't need to turn up at life group on time because <laughs> I'm the special one. And you're actually just not thinking about what you contribute to others. And if you surrender that, I guarantee you, your world will get bigger. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18 says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit, or a lifted up spirit, that old word means, before a fall. It is like pride is the common denominator in at least half of the fail army clips you will ever see on YouTube. (laughs) Just for those of you who know what that channel is, pride is the common, you look at it, so true, look what I can do, and then a fall. 
And it's a well-known statement in our society. Most people don't know pride before a fall comes before a fall is actually a shortened version of a proverb out of the Bible. But our society knows it so well because it's a proven truth again and again and again. And God doesn't want us to fall over in life. He wants us to push the boundaries out and live a big God-glorifying life where we become all that we were ever created to be. Not a life that's been bound and hammered down and put in a box by offense and hurt and bitterness from the past and letting someone else dictate how we live and how we think our lives. That's not what God's got for us. God certainly hasn't got that. He hasn't got pride for us where we live so arrogant that we can't be taught that's the opposite of disciple if disciple means teachable pride's the opposite those things that make our lives shrink and smaller are things that we need to surrender surrender so that our lives begin to open up and bloom so here's some questions for us Am I still talking about things that hurt me? And I'm not saying there, talking to someone specific because I'm seeking a solution. If something's hurt you, you need to do that. Talk to someone specific with a view to healing. I need to work my way through this. I need to get beyond this. I recognize it's restricting my life and I want to somehow process it and keep moving. I can't afford to dig in the valley of offense. But hey, if you just, if, if you put it on social media and you're just telling anyone with an ear to hear, you're holding onto the feelings in a way that is gonna suck you right back into the center of it. You won't break that gravitational pull until you stop talking about it and you change your confession and you start talking about wholeness and healing and moving through and in spite of what life has thrown at me, I'm determined to live the big life that God's got for me. Am I pushing people away with the need to control? And if so, what fear is driving that? If you recognize, you know, yeah, I have a tendency to push people out of the way because I just always know better and I've got to have it my way. And If you recognize that, friend, the, the key, I think, to helping you surrender it is to find the fear that's driving it. Think about why is that? What, what circumstance, situation has unfolded in my life or what mentality have I developed that is, that is pushing me to do that and then surrender that. Surrender the root cause. God, I've got to give up my fear of rejection, my fear of not being accepted, my overpowering need for affirmation to the point where I'll tell stories that are bigger than what I really am just so that people pour oil on me. I'm going to surrender that to you because it might seem like it's, it's a thrill in the moment. It might give me what I need in the moment, but I know it's all going to implode. At some point, people are going to know I'm a phony. Well, friend, surrender it now. Surrender it now. Last question, do I secretly believe I know better than others? Is that all of us or what? Do I secretly believe I deserve special consideration for my mistakes? 
Because I think that's the indicator of pride, where it's like, well, for everyone else there's that rule, but for me, well, you know, that's setting yourself apart. That's like saying I'm better than every other human on the planet. So when we feel that our mistakes deserve special consideration, we're actually trapped in a pride that we can surrender. Okay, God, just break my heart and soften my heart and I'm determined to take responsibility for my life so that I can grow my life and make it as big as you've designed it to be. In Jesus' name. Cool. Is that good, Kate? I think that's good. It's pretty tough. It's pretty straight. But you know what? They're the things that can help us keep our world big. Those other things restrict it and shut it down. But we can keep our world big by surrendering our inner world. For out of our inner world flows all the issues, springs all the issues, springs the boundaries of our life. Do you want tight boundaries or do you want unrestricted boundaries? Come on, why don't you stand with me tonight? I want to pray with us. And I think there's real ministry of the Holy Spirit in that. You know, and if you're sitting there and you're a bit like, whoa, boy, that's, uh, that's hard. Uh, I just encourage you, friend. You know, I've tried to bring it in a spirit of love. I know that God loves you and that's why it's in his word. Guard your heart. And, and I'd encourage you to receive it and determine to act on it. So why don't we pray together right now. Father, thank you for your care over our lives. Lord, for instruction like Proverbs, guard your heart. Guard your inner world. Guard your inner garden so that you can grow something beautiful, not weeds. And so tonight, Father, we, we make that determination to, to maybe pluck out anything that's restricting us right now. Lord, to bring those things to you, to surrender particular attitudes, even some of the pains of our heart, to surrender them over to you in confidence that you can bring healing. We don't need to live in a, in a, a, a circuit of pain. Thank you, Father, for setting hearts free here tonight in Jesus' name. Come on, why don't we just reach out to God? We've just got a minute or two, just right where you are. We don't have to wait till Thursday night for an encounter. Just right where you are, just let the Holy Spirit seal some things. In Jesus' name, let the power of the Holy Spirit, let him in. If you're really wrestling and you're like, I just can't do this, then just ask for his strength. Lord, in, in my weakness, you are strong. Ask for his strength in responding tonight, in Jesus' name. And maybe you're here with us tonight and faith, the way I've been talking about it, acting on God's word, that might not have been your experience yet. Friend, I, I just want to tell you, God loves you. That's why he gives us instruction like this in the scripture. It's, it's not to punish us. It's not to criticize us. It's so that we can live free and full lives. And, and maybe here tonight you recognize, look, that that's, is what I need. If what you're talking about is Jesus and his ways, then that's who I need. And, uh, and right now, whether online with us or right in the room, you know, we've talked about surrendering our inner world. Well, you can do that tonight. You can fully surrender your inner world to Jesus Christ. And I'd simply say, just open your heart. Maybe you could wor use words as simple as Jesus. I surrender my inner world to you. I surrender my heart to you. Come into my life. Make yourself real to me and help me know what it is to follow you. Just, just pray authentically and open your heart 
to Jesus tonight if that's what you know you need to do. Amen. Thanks, Levi.